1: Everybody, it's another round. Gatulow Craft Beer Cast on AM nine seventy. The answer, a little Iron Maiden and the Trooper, to get this show kicked off on this uh, Sunday, June the twenty sixth. Unless you're listening at a different time, then it's a different day. But on June twentieth, nineteen eighty three, Iron Maiden released the single "The Trooper." Back in nineteen eighty three, boy, I was, I was a youngin. Did you also know? Brought to you by This Day in Metal. Did you also know that the single's B-side was a cover of Jethro Tull's Cross-Eyed Mary? That single reached number 12 on the official charts. Now I believe the single The Trooper, I'm not necessarily the B-side of Jethro Tull uh, a cover of Jethro Tull, right? Uh but Iron Maiden great band um got to see them a bunch of times um when I was younger. I think the last time I saw them was probably oh god, got to be got to be about 7 or 8 years ago. Um Don LeGreco, who works at uh, ESPN Radio, had invited me. Um, they were playing at the Garden, and uh, ESPN Radio had the box, and so he invited me. He was behind the stage, but it was cool. I got to hang out with a bunch of his listeners and stuff, and it was a lot of fun. Um, my problem with Maiden now is they play way too much new stuff than old stuff. Oh, and I got to uh, reunite with a, a good an old friend of mine and her husband. That was uh, that was kind of cool, which is uh, which was fun. My friend Teresa. Uh, and her husband. That was that was really cool. Um, but anyway, I digress. Uh, my my issue with uh, Maiden is they play way too much new stuff. Judas Priest does it right. They come out with a new album. They play three, four tracks, sometimes five, interspersed within the show of their classic hits. And that's to me, that's how you do it. I'm all for new music. But sometimes if you're devoting most of the show to that and a lot of people are there, you know, listen, a lot of metalheads are you know, have been invested in this music for 30, 40 years, you know. So you want to kind of, eh, you know, I don't know. I think you you do a disservice to those great fans um, if you don't play more of the the classic stuff. That's just my opinion. But anyway, uh, we got a great show for you tonight. Uh, coming up in 20 minutes, Jake Bassett at Beer Fridge will join me. They have a subscription-based service, uh, very much like Tavor, but they're based out of Washington State. We will talk to Jake about Uh, The service and all of the other good stuff uh, from him uh, and so much more just about 20 minutes from now. But we've got a lot of beer news to get to. So the big breaking news out of the beer industry is the fact that, and I want to thank Lizzie Junkin, the um, PR head uh, over at Stone Brewing, for this information. This is unbelievable. came out in the middle of the night. Sapporo USA is going to acquire Stone Brewing. Uh, This is an enormous deal. It's expected to close in August of this year. Uh, Sapporo intends to produce their Sapporo-branded beers for U.S. distribution in Stone's two state-of-the-art breweries in Escondido, California, as well as Richmond, Virginia. Uh, Sapporo intends to brew 360,000 barrels in the U.S. by the end of 2024. It'll essentially double Stone's brewing current production and provide ample opportunities for growth from both brands. Um, I mean, again, this is just enormous. Greg Cook, the co-founder and executive chairman, said, "This is the right next chapter for Stone Brewing. For 26 years, our amazing team has worked tirelessly to brew beers that have set trends and redefined expectations. To have the interest of a company like Sapporo in continuing the Stone story is a testament to the great beers we've created and will continue to create for our fans across the globe." Uh, This is the second acquisition for Sapporo USA's business alongside Anchor Brewing. They acquired that in 2017. Um, This is an enormous deal on both sides. However, Stone's distribution uh, distribution company uh, is not a part of the sale. It will become an independent company under current ownership, maintaining its current leadership of day-to-day operations, Stone Distributing is a leading distributor in the nation's largest craft market. will continue to service Southern California with a portfolio of 42 distinct craft brands, including Stone Brewing as a separate entity from Stone Brewing. It will operate as it does today and with increased investment in its brands, people, and future. For more information, you can head over to Sapporo Beer or Stone Brewing. Uh, we will have much more on this on next week's program. I'll dive a little bit more in depth uh, on the on the whole deal. Uh, But I want to thank Lizzie Yunkin uh, from Stone for getting me this information um, very, very early Friday morning. Essentially, when I woke up to come into work, uh, I got this information, and you guys are getting the news uh, just a couple of days later on the show. Modern Times has been sold. Now, the final auction results are pending approval by the court, um, but it looks as though that this is going to go through. At first, it was supposed to be Maui Brewing who was supposed to be acquiring Modern Times. But it turns out that um, BXMT Banff LLC, an affiliate of Brewery X, uh, has bid $20 million to acquire Modern Times. Now, I'm guessing the Banff is a reference to Nightcrawler from the X-Men because it's Brewery X. That's just my guess. I don't know. Uh, But if I I ever get a chance to talk to these guys, I think I will ask them that question. Um, So... The uh, There was an, an original bid of $7.62 million, and then it rose to an opening auctioning bid of $9 million. Uh But these guys have brewed $20 million, uh to take on modern times. So um, this is interesting. So the quarter spo- was supposed to approve this uh, this this past week, and it looks like it's going to go through. Uh, and Maui Brewing, I guess, had thought that they were the, the clear winners here, but it turns out they got outbid. Now, $20 million is a lot of money. Um, for a brewery, it certainly isn't the the billion that uh, Ballast Point made when Constellation bought them and way overpriced themselves, uh, which they ended up, Constellation ended up divorcing themselves of um, Ballast Point a few years later because, again, it, Ballast Point was in a lot of places. Now, all of a sudden, it was in even more places, and the quality of the beer wasn't that good. Hopefully, these guys are going to keep it as hyper-local as possible. They were, uh, modern times was, reigning in. Uh, A lot of stuff, so uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens here um, with uh, uh, this affiliate of Brewery X, BXMT Banff, LLC, um, and we'll see what happens. So uh, when we get more information, we'll get it to you. But uh, that's the deal. Maui Brewing not acquiring Modern Times. Uh, Looks as though Brewery X, an affiliate of Brewery X, BXMT Banff, LLC, is acquiring them. Coming up July 16th, we've got the Philadelphia Zoo has announced the return of of their legendary Summer Ale Fest. This will take place Saturday, July 16th from 7 to 10 p.m. Uh, it's they're, they're inviting all animal and beer lovers to come down. You've got uh, craft beer, cider, and hard seltzer with 100-plus sections pouring from over 65 local, regional, and national breweries. Uh, you can get more information at the Philadelphia Zoo's website, which is PhiladelphiaZoo.org slash events. Of course, it is 21 or older. Can't bring the kids. Uh, Philadelphia, Like I said, PhiladelphiaZoo.org slash events. Um, th- they will not be available for purchase at the door. You can't buy tickets at the door. you got to buy ahead of time. TAPS will close 30 minutes prior to the event, and it's a rain or shine event. So you really, it's. The, I mean, they say 7 to 10. It's really 7 to nine thirty, And then they're going to be getting everybody out of there uh, by 10 o'clock. Now, the tickets, your early access uh, from 6 to 7 p.m., uh, you get in an hour earlier. It's $85 a person. It's entrance into the festival. Evening admission to the zoo, souvenir tasting cup, and unlimited beer sampling. If you do the general admission, it's $20 less. At 65 bucks, Uh you get uh, evening admission to the zoo, the tasting cup, and unlimited beer sampling. If you're a non-drinker, it's $35. You get uh, admission to the zoo and a complimentary bottle of water at the event intra- uh, entrance. So again, Philadelphiazoo.org slash events. For more information, a bunch of local breweries will be there Um Not everybody locally is being represented, but there is a lot of uh, great local breweries that will be there. And, of course, the usual suspects of national uh, brands that will be there as well. So if you want, just check out philadelphiazoo.org slash events. You can get the list of breweries. There's too many to list, uh, but you will get the list of breweries there. And then finally, Harpoon Brewery uh, is acquiring Long Trail Brewing Company. So Harpoon... Uh, which is, you know, the uh, Boston-based worker-owned brewer of Harpoon and UFO Beer. That's the Massachusetts Bay Brewing Company. Uh, they had conversations with Long Trail regarding a potential partnership, and, and it became clear that we would be stronger together. So f- a CEO and co-founder Dan Kear- uh, Kearney said, We have a deep respect for Vermont Brewed Craft Beer and are excited to deepen our already significant roots in the Green Mountain State as we acquire Long Trail. Now, Harpoon is going to keep open Long Trail's a Riverside Pub in Bridgewater, Corners, of Vermont but will begin brewing Long Trail and its other brews, Otter Creek and Shed, at the Harpoon Brewery in Windsor, Vermont. uh, Whistlepig Whiskey, a Shoreham Vermont company that has partnered with Harpoon before, will take ownership of the Otter Creek and Shed Brewery in Middlebury and will soon convert production at the facility to a bottling and distilling operation. Now, Harpoon will continue to operate the Otter Creek Brewing Pub and Beer Garden located at the Middlebury Brewery. Canary uh, Kin- uh, said we have a shared commitment to the Vermont community and passion for making Great beer I speak on behalf of all the employee Owners at Massachusetts Bay Brewing Company When I say that we are looking forward to the Opportunity to carry on the Long Trail legacy so that is really Cool uh, they are going to be a Harpoon and Long Trail uh, will now Become partners and I think we're seeing That more as the pandemic moves on And we're moving into sort of That endemic phase we're seeing some Breweries that have not been able to just Survive on their own and need to have, uh, need to be acquired by somebody else. And that seems to work for a number of breweries. And again, it doesn't work for everybody, but it seems to be working for them. And the bigger issue, maybe we'll get into this in our next segment. The bigger issue now is finding workers, finding workers and retaining workers. Uh, I had a great talk with Tim from Wet Ticket uh, last week, very enlightened, uh, as to the business aspects uh, of craft beer. And, um, you know, definitely something uh, worthy of a discussion. Now, when we come back after a short break, uh, we'll have more news and notes, including, is having a beer gut good for you? Hmm. We'll get into that and so much more. Coming up next on the Alga Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. That's how you get a segment rocking. there in your
0: Waiting on some beautiful
1: boy to The Killers from, from the Samstown album, When You Were Young. Welcome you back to the Al Cattulo Craft Beer Cast. On AM 970, The Answer. This is a band I've got to see in concert. Whenever they, they come around again, I know they sell out very quickly, but that's a band that I have got to go and see uh, at some point. Um... You know, whenever they tour again, have to go see them. There's no doubt about it. They are great and uh, uh, cannot wait to get back to some concerts. Got uh, Yacht Rock coming up in a couple of weeks down at the Stone Pony Summer Stage. And then, of course, Elton John next month at MetLife Stadium. He's doing his, finally, he's doing his farewell tour uh, after being postponed because of COVID. Now, uh, coming up in 10 minutes, Jake Bassett. He's um, one of the guys at Beer Fridge. He's going to join me. They have a subscription-based service, very much like Tavor, Except, right now, it is based out of Washington State, so it's all Washington State beers. I think they ship to another one or two other states, and they do do... Well, I'm, you know what? I don't want to give it away. Just listen to the interview in a few minutes. You will enjoy it very much. Uh, Jake's a great guy, and uh, we had a really nice conversation, and it's a cool... Listen, I get it. Subscription-based services like Tavor can really run up a bill for some people, um, but it's nice to see some of these guys doing local stuff. Um, and uh, you know, get spreading the word about a lo- local, you know, a state and local beers uh, within that state, which is really cool. Now, before the break, I teased about how having a beer gut may be healthy for you. Now, look, I have a beer gut, and I'm going to hopefully reduce it by the end of the summer uh, because I've got some trips that I'm going on, and uh, let's face it, I've gotten a little wide around the waist, and I'd like to uh, reduce that a little bit. And honestly. You have to sort of give up beer for a bit uh, in order to do that to, to you know lose some weight. I mean, there's other things I need to do too, but this is not a, uh, this is not the diet hour. I'll get too low. But anyway, uh, a study apparently first published in the American Chemical Society's Journal of Agricultural and Food Chemistry found that men who drank one lager each day had a more diverse colony of healthy gut microbes compared to measurements taken before their daily beer regimen. Previous bacteria studies have shown that a more robust gut microbiome uh, the bacteria, viruses, and fungi that live there lead to a lowered risk of developing chronic issues such as heart disease and diabetes. Humans are packed with trillions of microorganisms in the gastrointestinal tract alone, which sh- serves many biological functions, including immune de- uh, defense. Now, they did this study. They enlisted 19 men ages 23 to 58. This was from Nova University in Lisbon, Portugal. Uh, All of them regular drinkers with no serious health concerns had them consume one uh, bottle of 5% ABV Superbach, a Portuguese-European-style pale lager, or non-alcoholic alternative beer each day. Too much beer can potentially wreak havoc on the gut, obviously, but the researchers were surprised to find that both the alcoholic and non-alcoholic brews proved beneficial when consumed in moderate amounts daily. The researchers suggest that the fermentation process in beer making, which produces microorganisms of its own, as well as the presence of micronutrients like polyphenols, could be the catalyst behind the male participant's blooming gut health. Beer is the main and probably only source of hop of polyphenols in the human diet. Hops also contain xenofumol, which studies suggest lower the risk of chronic diseases, including obesity and diabetes. Well, I'm close to being diabetic, and I am certainly obese, so... I don't know if I'd necessarily follow this regimen of one lager a day. Uh, Of course, the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention recommends adult men consume fewer than two alcoholic drinks per day, and for women, half that. Thankfully, because I have to get up so early in the morning, I rarely drink during the week. I do do my consumption on the weekends, and maybe I overindulge just a little bit. I I freely admit that sometimes, Uh, but uh, it's an interesting study. But, again, it's like, you know, every week they come out with another study about how coffee's good for you and then it's bad for you. Wine is good for you and then it's bad for you. Everything in moderation, folks, as I've said over and over again. Our good friends from Cape May, they've got a couple of different things coming out. Their anniversary, Ale 11, is available now in their tasting room. New Jersey distribution kicks off or has kicked off already. Pennsylvania and Delaware will follow in early July. It's a limited time release. It is a... um, it is a big 8% ABV uh, IPA featuring Citra, Sabro, Cashmere, and Brew One Hops. Hopefully, if it's in my local store, I will certainly pick it up. Uh, also from Cape May, and listen, 11 years Cape May. That's fantastic, and, and kudos to them, and happy anniversary. But also from Cape May, a Sessionable Sour Bay Days. It'll be on draft and in 12-ounce cans. Uh, it is It is out this week right now in New Jersey. It's available in Delaware and eastern Pennsylvania beginning in early July. It is a 4.7% ABV, uh, brewed with Flex Hops, Pilsner and Wheat Malt, and London Ale of Three Yeast. Uh, Its light, crushable offers a fruity, complex profile and aroma. It's a lighter sour. It appeals to both regular beer drinkers and those looking to get into craft beer, which is really, really cool. Again, like I said, distribution is already out in New Jersey. It'll be in Delaware and Pennsylvania coming up in early July. Some uh, sort of sad news to report, after 22 years with the company, Jim Crooks, who's uh, known as Sour Jim, has parted ways with Firestone Walker Brewing and, by extension, Firestone Walker's uh, Barrel Works program. Now, Jim created the Barrel Works program all those years ago when they started doing all these fermentable uh, sours and different barrel-aged endeavors. Um, so he created this this whole uh, unit. And it was actually um, set up down the road from their main brewery in Paso Robles so that they could, you know, they would, you know, there'd be no um, uh, contamination uh, from the yeast infecting other beers. Um, This was from the Full Pint website. And Jim sent Full Pint a quick memo announcing his departure and this from him after 22 years with Firestone Walker and having had more successes than ever imagined in this industry, I am looking forward to my next venture. I'm excited to share my current project with you as it evolves and becomes reality. Thank you to those that have influenced my success, encouraged my vision and collaborated along the way. If you're interested in tracking my journey, follow me at the real sour gym on Instagram. I follow him on there. Very nice engaging guy and he's made some fantastic sours for Firestone Walker. David Walker, co-founder of Firestone Walker said We're going to miss Jim. We'll always credit his passion for the magical world of fermentation and microbiology as a driving force for many of the great beers we've brewed over the years. That passion lives on in these beers, and we wish him all the best for the future. However, Full Pint followed up with Jim, found out his position was eliminated, and they asked Firestone Walker of the future of Barrel Works without Jim. They didn't get a response. So uh, it sounds to me like sales were not that good, and Jim ended up losing his job because of it, which is a shame because I thought he put out some fantastic beers. A lot of them would come in these 375-milliliter bottles. Um, and just a shame. We wish Jim all the best of luck uh, in his future endeavors, and we're definitely going to follow him along on Instagram. We thank the full pint for bringing that information to bear. Now, I mentioned in the first segment, Modern Times was sold, but now apparently uh, MTD Acquisitions has filed an objection to Brewery X's $20 million bid being accepted over its twenty million point million.1 million bid and issued a new bid. All of this playing out, as Modern Times says, it's unable to make payroll at the end of this month. Uh, hopefully, a judge decides soon as to who's going to get operational control over Modern Times. The first craft beer created by an artificial intelligence platform is now available in New Orleans. That's right. The Nola Brewery hosted a launch party on Monday... Uh, last Monday, for AI Blonde Ale. The event timed to coincide with the Computer Vision and Pattern Recognition Conference, which was being held in New Orleans this past week. The beer resulted from an experiment between the Australian Institute for Machine Learning and Barossa Valley Brewing. Interesting. An artificial intelligence-developed beer. Hmm. Real interesting. Our good friends from Ross Brewing have announced they are now distributing within Pennsylvania by the fine folks at 31st and Wharton. If you've got a favorite spot in Eastern Pennsylvania you'd like to see, hit up uh, Ross Brewing uh, over all social media platforms and let them know. Uh, they're in accounts from Philadelphia to Bethlehem to Lancaster and everywhere in between. They will have a bunch of different beers that will be out in the coming months. Ross team members will be making the trip out for all sorts of events, appearances, and festivals. Uh, they will be in the Keystone State. By the way, uh, I don't have the story in front of me, but a big A strike is going on with um, some distributors and union workers in Pennsylvania, uh, and it doesn't look like it's going to be ending anytime soon. That may prevent certain beers being delivered within the Philadelphia region. That is not good. And then finally, Lasting Joy Brewery. Uh, This is in Tivoli, New York, about two hours from where I live, uh, up past Kingston. Uh, And apparently um, they're going to be in this village... Uh, brewing beer uh, and and getting things out there. It sounds like a really cool place uh, in this village of Tavoli, New York. Um, this is uh, husband and wife team Alex and Emily Wenner. Um, comfort, accessibility, warmth, and welcome are at the heart of the design of the tap room. It's a central hexagonal floating bar featuring 12 taps, Seats 60, standing room for $99. Uh, it, the brewery sits on 30 acres with ample outdoor seating as well as room for kids and well-behaved leash dogs to run around. Baldwin Farms, it's a a family-run farm in the Berkshires, provides snacks and charcuterie boards. There are also local wines, ciders, cocktails, kombucha, and non-alcoholic seltzers and mocktails from neighbors, Red Hook Winery, Rose Hill Farm, Abandoned Cider, Towsie Winery, Hudson Valley Distillers, Weathertop Farm, and Laughing Gut. Food trucks will be on site select weekends throughout the summer. They have a Czech Pilsner on tap, a lager um a beet stout made with beets interesting a hazy ipa and then they're going to have uh, guest beers on tap they had destination unknown and wild east from brooklyn just two of the breweries that were on tap father's day weekend they're open thursday through sunday it's 485 lasher road in tavoli new york i'm to have to make a trip up there um soon and try and do a whole hudson valley kind of uh, uh beer saturday and sunday maybe We'll see. Coming up next, after a short break, Jake Bassett at Beer Fridge will join me on the program. This is the algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. Welcome back to the Al Gatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM970 The Answer. You can follow me very easily on Twitter at Al Gatulo, Instagram at Gatulo. That's G A T T -T 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 U L L O uh slash agcraftbeercast of course iTunes Google Podcasts are on Odyssey.com, iHeartRadio uh Alexa ready as well all you have to do is just do a search for AG Creft Beercast it pops up you download it you listen to it when you want and of course our good friends over at the Hopped Up Network hoppedupnetwork.com a couple minutes after the show ends on Monday morning around 12:05 in the morning eastern time you can download and listen Uh, to the podcast version of this show, whether it's on the Hopped Up Network or any of those other places that I mentioned, whenever you feel like it. My guest uh, on the program tonight, the co-founder of a beer subscription service that is based out of Washington State, Bellingham to be exact. Their slogan, delivering exceptional craft beer from our fridge to yours. Now, for more info here, just get over to getbeerfridge.com. Let me welcome onto the craft beer cast, Jake Bassett. Jake, how are you? I'm doing good, Al. Thank
2: you so much for the intro, and uh, it's great to be on with you.
1: Thanks so much. Jake, simply put, what is Get Beer Fridge, and how did you get this started? So
2: Beer Fridge is a craft beer subscription and gift box company, and we feature unique, awesome craft beers from independent breweries. Um, And so our goal is to really help people explore beers that they may have not normally tried or find some new brewery that they've never checked out before. And so we work really hard to find really unique and cool cans of craft beer, um, all different styles from IPAs to lagers, dark beers, etc. cetera. And um, on our website, you can choose the type of beer that you like, and we'll send you a curated box. Every month, the beers change if you choose to do a subscription, uh, or you can send somebody a gift, and it's a great gift to um, send for somebody's birthday or anything like that. So... That's what we do. Um, How we got started was, you know, during the pandemic, my business partner and I were shooting around ideas. We really wanted to start a business and um, we loved drinking beer and we thought, hey, maybe we could do something with this. So um, him and I both come from a direct-to-consumer sort of background in marketing. We work with a lot of companies that do similar subscription models and we thought, well, maybe we could do something with craft beer and a subscription model. And that's how beer fridge was born.
1: That sounds like a really cool idea. I wish I had the uh, the brains. I mean, I'm I'm slightly smart, but I'm not that smart. But I wish I had the brains. To put together something like that. Now, you and your co-founder, you mentioned uh, Travis Kane. You put this business model together. You just started rolling out to Washington State. How receptive were the breweries uh, to being part of this new venture? You mentioned uh, a lot of independent breweries. So these are breweries that are not affiliated with, say, a distributor that distributes their beer elsewhere. These are independent guys.
2: Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit of a mix of both. Um, by independent, we mean that you know they're not part of any sort of conglomerate. Gotcha. Um, so we don't. Yeah, we don't feature any sort of like nationally distributed beers, uh, mostly regionally distributed, um, you know, either in the state or just in the area. Okay. So, yeah, we're based here in Washington. We, we work with a lot of breweries on the West Coast. We bring in stuff from uh, California, Oregon, Washington, Idaho, etc. Um, but we also do have some cool distribution partnerships where we're able to um, work with some small breweries that are in the Midwest and even on the East Coast. So that's been really fun. Um, As we grow, we're kind of getting more access to um, beer from out of the area, which is really fun.
1: We're talking with Jake Bassett. He's the co-founder of Beer Fridge, a beer subscription service based out of Washington State. Bellum, to be exact, their slogan, delivering exceptional craft beer from our fridge to yours. For more info, just go to getbeerfridge.com. We're here on the algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer. So you you did answer my next question, which would be what is the difference between your company and say Tavor. But what I, what I do like is the fact that you're working with other breweries outside of the state of Washington and maybe some of them, uh, that are not so close by Washington State. So you mentioned the East Coast. What breweries are you working with on the East Coast that allows you to ship that beer within Washington State? Um, so there's a couple that we have
2: access to. It really changes depending on um, the distributors that uh, we work with. So okay. every once in a while, we'll have a distributor that says, hey, we're bringing in you know some beers from this area. Do you guys want to get in on this? And we'll say, yeah, let's do it. So we brought in a few things. Um, I I don't know if um, I have any of the names off the top of my head, okay. but we well, I'm just saying, like,
1: what, 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 like, for example, and I know this. I'm just going to throw a name out there. I'm not saying that this is the brewery that you're you're spotlighting or whatever. But let's say an other half. Uh, was to come to Washington State. The the distributor right. that you're working with would be able to give you access to cans of that particular brewery and you'd be able to sell it to the consumer. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. So,
2: like, for example, we brought in some uh, Equilibrium uh, oh. over in, like, Middletown, New York. Uh,
1: well familiar uh, with Equilibrium. Yeah. Great stuff.
2: Yeah, awesome stuff. So, like, every once in a while we just kind of get opportunities where um, some of our partners say, hey, we can get a hold of you know this, and and we'll say, hey, let's do it. So that's really fun for our customers that are on the West Coast. They love to see stuff from you know out of the area because our whole pitch is really you know try something new, try something unique, sure. uh, check out a beer you've never had before. So that's pretty fun.
1: That's that sounds really cool. Now, Jay, can people buy individual cans on the site? Can they order a four pack of something like a mixed four pack? How how does it? How does it work? I know you, you offer gift subscriptions and things of that nature, but if somebody were to come on there and they just moved to Washington State and said, well, you know what, I want to try a couple of beers. I don't feel like going out of the house. Can they cherry pick what they want or it's a specific curated box?
2: So right now we're just doing curated boxes, but we are rolling out um, basically an online bottle shop where people will be able to select their beer by can. Um, and so that's a really fun project. We're just kind of getting it off the ground. Um, I would say within the next few months, we'll have that up and running. But as of right now, what we do is we curate the boxes by style. So if you love IPAs, every month we'll put together an awesome selection of IPAs for you. And like I said, those beers change every month. You always try something new. Right. Um, we also have like a variety pack. We have a dark beer pack. We even have like a craft cider box. So oh, cool. um, there's something for everybody on there, uh, which is kind of fun.
1: And I noticed you, do non- you also do non-alcoholic beers as well, correct?
2: We do. Yeah, we have a great selection of non-alcoholic beers. I've noticed too, uh, you know, a lot of small breweries ha- will have one or two cans of uh an NA beer, um which is really, you know, rising in popularity and I think right. uh people really like having that in the mix. So that's pretty uh pretty cool to feature small independent breweries that have an NA can.
1: I I like you know what? I actually like that idea because there are not any breweries at least in New Jersey where I live Uh, that are making non-alcoholic beers for people that they can drink if they want to. That might be the next thing. I know guys are doing hard seltzer and things of that nature, but I think the non-alcoholic thing... Might be the next thing for some East Coast breweries to do. We're talking with Jake Bassett. He's the co-founder of Beer Fridge. It's a beer subscription service based out of Washington State. Bellum uh, is the area where they're in, to be exact. Their slogan, delivering exceptional craft beer from our fridge to yours. For more info, just go to getbeerfridge.com. Here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Now, Jake, you're, you're uh, delivering beer within Washington State is the goal to be hyper-local, or is the goal to extend, extend expand the program outside of Washington State? Like somebody say, like in New Jersey, could somebody from New Jersey eventually buy beer from you guys and have it shipped to New Jersey? Yeah, that's the
2: goal. We're a small startup right now, so we're just getting our business off the ground. We've been open for a few months. Um, we actually do ship to about eight states on the West Coast, so okay. primarily Washington, Oregon, California, um, and then a few other states here on the West Coast. We can ship N.A. beer boxes to most states. Um, You know, I'll be just maybe a couple, and you can see those details on our website, which states we can't go to. So
0: um,
2: the goal is to continue growing and offering our product to more states. Um, And so we're excited to, you know, uh, get compliant in each state and uh, work on that.
1: Hmm. And just throwing it out there, if if you're doing non-alcoholic beers, and obviously they can be shipped anywhere in the country... I'm wondering, maybe put together some great non-alcoholic beers for, from some Washington State breweries, and somebody who's doing, say, like a dry January, they could purchase from you and have them shipped directly to their house. That's not a, that's not a bad idea. Yeah, there. A, I love that idea. It's not a bad I, idea, I, I, I and I won't class. charge for it. That's free. You can take that one. Okay, I'll I can hold on to that one. <laughs> now, Jake, if folks want to sign up for the Can Club and they live within those uh, couple of states that you do deliver to. Um, What does that get you if you register on the Can Club? The Can
2: Club is uh, our subscription service, and what that gets you is a discounted price on the box itself. So, um, you know, it's a little bit cheaper uh, by the Can, which is pretty cool. And then we also offer flat-rate shipping. So instead of paying a full shipping price, we discount it for you. And um, depending on where it's going, it's as low as $10 for flat-rate shipping, which is a pretty competitive price. Uh, Obviously, beer is a little bit heavy and kind of tricky to ship, so we do everything that we can to, um, you know, find cost savings for our customers. And, uh, yeah, I think uh, the funnest part of that subscription is that you're always trying, you know, new beers. I think for a lot of uh, our competitors um, that we've seen in the marketplace across the nation – you know, they, they might send you the same beers over and over and people get tired of that really fast. Right. And uh, we found a great niche with folks that really love to try something new each and every month. So in the can club a great way to explore breweries both in your region, but also, like we mentioned, you know, try things from out of the area too, like uh, equilibrium out in New York.
1: Yeah, that's. I mean, that sounds great. My guest has been Jake Bassett, co-founder of Beer Fridge, a beer subscription service based out of Washington State. Uh, Their slogan delivering exceptional craft beer from our fridge to yours. They're available in eight states. They hope to be expanding a little bit more as time moves on. For more info, just go to getbeerfridge.com. Jake, thanks so much for joining me tonight. Very much appreciate it. Hey, I appreciate it, Al. It's been great talking to you, and thank you for having me on. You got it up next. It's time for Suds and Duds on the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast. On AM 970, The Answer. Final segment of the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer, a little rainbow and jealous lover. A lot of jealous lovers, aren't there? To that you're just a lover. Lover. Gotta love Richie Blackmore. That guitar, unbelievable. It's where Ronnie James Dio got his start with Rainbow. And it was uh, called Richie Blackmore's Rainbow at one point. And, you know, bounced around a bunch of different singers uh, in the band after Dio left. Uh, Richie was very uh, temperamental, shall we say. Anyway, let us dive into Suds and Duds. As always, our final segment of the program, and it's been a few weeks because we've been doing a bunch of different things here. But uh, let's start off with uh, some beer from Alternate Ending that I had on tap at Paragon Tap and Table. A why, the Why Not? Very tasty, simple pale ale. These guys are cranking out some good stuff, and it's a great little spot in Aberdeen. If you're on the road on 34 and you're heading down, let's say you're heading down to Source, um, you can you can easily hit them up. Um, Great food. They make a Detroit-style pizza that's just unbelievable, and their other offerings there are fantastic as well. Great beers on tap. There's cocktails there as well, and they have wine. Uh, So they're a full-service bar and uh, really, really uh, impressive stuff. So good stuff from the folks at Alternate Ending. Um, Let's Buck and Go Lager by Bolero Snort. This is a great beer. It's just just simple, easy-drinking. Uh, I'm trying to get through some of my Bolero Snort stuff that I have in the back of the fridge. um, That's been sitting for quite some time. I'm trying to clear out the old stuff because I'd like to get some new stuff in there. Um, And I have to make a trip over to Bolero one of these days. It's been a while. My God, I think the last time I was at Bolero was December when we did our live broadcast. Can it really be six months since I've been there? That's way too long. I've got to get over there uh, very soon. And now I can because my son has graduated high school. So they're open earlier in the day, and I'll have time to uh, get over there uh, very, very soon. Brand new Day Tropical Punch. This is by Crooked Hammock Brewery. Uh, A good sour with some nice tropical flavors. Slightly too acidic for me. I don't know if maybe the can had been sitting too long or whatever, but Kim from Wet Ticket, thanks so much uh, for getting me that beer. It's a really, really tasty beer. Speaking of Wet Ticket, I was speaking with Tim, the owner, about a week ago. They are going to be making their first sour. Sour. And I said to Tim, G- "Go easy when you're going into it, because he's never really made sours, and it's not really in his, you know, realm of beer making. But he wants to do one, and I think when you do a, a, a light, like a kettle sour, something something simple, four or five percent, not too tart. I think that's the way to go. So hopefully, in the next couple of weeks, uh, it'll be ready for tasting, uh, and I'm going to go in and have a, a little sample of it and see uh, where it's at." Um, because Tim's never really done sours before. But I'm excited, very excited, uh, to try that. Now, I had a trip over a Twin Elephant before our beer dinner a couple of weeks ago and got to try a bunch of different beers from Twin. The Gang Beats Bogs, I talked about it on last week's program. It's a perfect beer uh, on, a, on a really nice uh, summer day. Uh, it's a great, crisp Kolsch. It's delicious. They've done a fantastic job with it. I love it. Uh, Zen Fountain Mango, um... I, I just had a little taster of this. The mango is so good in this beer, and it's not overly um, oppressive. There are some people that really like mango, and then there are others who are not crazy about mango. This is just the, the right amount of mango for people. Um, I could use a little more, uh, but for some, if they're just trying to you know approach it and get into it, it's definitely a really good beer. I finished off over at Twin with a, a, a Jiggy Stardust. Man, that's a great... And and as I mentioned on untapped, you can follow me there uh, at Cotullo, Gattullo. G A T T U L L O. This could be my favorite IPA from them. Creamy, slightly juicy, just a really nice, uh, easy drinking beer. I have to make more trips over to Twin Elephant. The nice benefit of my wife working from home is the fact that she works till five o'clock on Fridays, so she can't get out really any earlier. And my day is done by ten thirty, eleven o'clock in the morning. So. I have ample time, and Twin Elephants open at noon, so I have ample time to get over there and enjoy a couple of beers if I want to. Good thing, bad thing? Mm, I don't know. Uh, My neighbor Greg had brought home some uh, Treehouse and Trillium, which I've been sampling over the last few weeks. Um, Rainbow by Treehouse, soft, creamy, loads of flavor, delicious. These guys don't make a bad beer. Uh, It is definitely a, a trip that I need to get to about three hours from my house. Uh, but definitely need to make the run. In fact, my uh, my neighbor Greg was up in Boston this past weekend and uh, was staying in Canton near Trillium. And he said he was going to pick up some more of the Pilsner, which is really good. So I am uh, excited about getting my hands on some more of the Trillium Pilsner, which I will review here in just a moment. Uh, bagged lunch by Twin Elephant, as I mentioned last week. Peaches, tangerine, lactose, nice hop. What's not to love about this beer? It's delicious. It is thick as well, but it is a really solid, solid beer. Uh Trimming by Last Wave Brewing. A really nice, easy drinking Pilsner Crisp. Um gotta make a trip back down to uh, last wave again. Was there once? It's a nice little place. Um it's sort of a no-frills beer garden in the back, but it's ju- it's in the center of Point Pleasant, so it's not on the boardwalk. Uh it's off the boardwalk, but a nice place uh nonetheless and definitely something I will have to um I will have to head over to um you know, sometime in the summer. The S'mores Borg, like I mentioned from Twin Elephant last week. Deep, dark, delicious. It's a great beer. I'm glad that I finally had it. I think it's still on tap at Paragon. So hopefully uh, I'll get a chance to have it before they uh, before it kicks. Uh, Electric Skies by Treehouse. Another fantastic double from these guys. Uh, juicy, juicy, juicy. They don't make many mistakes on this one. It poured with a beautiful head on it. Just a really, really nice beer. Um, it Definitely delicious. Lagerfest was amazing at Icarus. Um, I didn't check into too many beers uh, at Icarus, but I did have um, a bunch of different ones. I had the Property Pills, which was the collab with Conclave. I had the Killsborough collab, which was delicious. I had the Twin Elephant collab, which was out of sight. I had so many different uh, lagers that I, I couldn't even keep track of what I was having. Uh, not that I was overindulging, but just to the point where I, I didn't want to be checking in every single beer. But let me tell you something. Jason, you and your staff, kudos to you. What a fantastic event. Uh, in Lakewood, next year's is going to be in Brick. I can't wait. It was awesome. If you love loggers, this is definitely an event to get to, folks. I, I kid you not. Um, if you don't get to it, there's something wrong with you. Because if you don't, if you love loggers, you got to get there. Parking lot was packed. It was jammed. I stayed longer than I, I- than I wanted to. Ended up. Uh, it-, it just. It was so much fun. I have to tell you. I didn't even take any beer to go because I had stuff to pick up at source. I should have grabbed a couple of lagers. I didn't. Um, It it was just a great event. Jason, you guys put on a fantastic event. Here was the best part. At one point, a couple of the staff, who I'm not super friendly with, like I know them, but I don't know their names. One guy was, Al, do you you need a beer? I'm like, yeah. I was going to get the Twin Elephant one next. Oh, yeah, no problem. Hold on. I'll be right back. And here you go. Here's a beer in my hand. Fantastic. I love that. Maybe I'm a little beyond the people. But it was good. It was very good. Jason, great job. Uh, King Julius, another fantastic beer. Creamy, smooth, delicious. Goes great with a cigar. Uh, you can't go wrong. It was just awesome. And then finally, uh, the Pilsner from Trillium. Crisp, clean, fantastic. I cannot wait to um, to get another four-pack of this beer because I got one can of this beer. It is delicious. Again, it's another one of those Perfect beers, lawnmower day. You want to just kind of kick back and relax uh, and have a couple. It was uh, amazing. In fact, um, uh, going back to the Lagerfest uh, over at Icarus, I uh, got a g- great chance to talk with a number of people. Uh, John Flaton from uh, Coastal Brewing, uh, thanks so much for the beers. Um, they've got a new one coming out, which he had sent me the thing, and I, I totally blanked on it. I wish I had um, – they have a new beer coming out, Coastal Brew Works, uh, probably in the next week or two. Um, and and I forgot the name of it, and I forgot the style. So I'm sorry, John, but uh, we'll get to it on next week's program, I promise. Um, that's going to be a lot of fun, but he gave me a couple of beers uh, to take home, which was great. Um, what else? Oh, yeah. So uh, while we're, we're sitting there and we're uh, conversing with Jason, he breaks out some Russian River beer. So I ended up getting—I um, have to look it up because I did take a picture of it. So bear with me for one moment. Um, what do we have? We had— A a bottle of Pliny the Younger, a couple of years old Pliny the Younger, uh, that was amazing. I mean, that's a bucket list item for me, you know, Pliny the Elder and Pliny the Younger. But to be able to crack a bottle of Pliny the Younger on the East Coast, it's pretty cool. I mean, I'm sorry, but it's pretty cool. And then, um, what was this one from Russian River? This was beatification, a spontaneously fermented beer aged in wine barrels, aged anywhere between 9 to 36 months. It had a really fantastic wine quality to it, um, with that nice sourness—not tart, sour. That that sourness that you taste, um, sort of a, I want to say a sharp bite, but but really really tasty. So, Jason, thanks for sharing those two bottles with us. That was that was just amazing. Um, and I uh, listen, I'm making a trip out to San Diego. I'm not going to be up in the Russian River uh, brewing area. Uh, but one of these days, I am definitely going to get out there. I don't know if I'll get out there for a release of uh, Plenty of the Elder or Plenty the Younger, but um, it is, uh, it, it's is—it's definitely a bucket list item for me And one of these days, I hope, uh, to get out there uh, to reach one of these uh, meccas of IPA brewing, let's put it that way. Folks, we are out of time. My thanks to everyone involved in the show, as well as my guest, Jake Bassett at Beer Fridge, and of course, last but not least, the great Buddy Watson. Back live on the Joe Piscopo Show Monday at 6 a.m., this has been the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Cheers, everybody.
0: Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's.